Welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Pratt. Today we're speaking with Paul Morrison over in Perth. Now, Paul is the chaplain for the West Coast Eagles. That's right. uh, For half the country, they're saying, who's that? (laughs) It's AFL, you know, the uh, most popular game in Australia. Uh, (laughs) Come on. Come on. Uh, So Paul's the uh, the chaplain over there, and uh, he has previously been on staff at Riverview Church, um, well-known church over there, uh, previously pastored by Phil Baker. And uh, he was uh, also worship pastor there, and he's also a, an accomplished singer songwriter. Uh, so, Paul, welcome to History Makers, mate. How are you going, mate? I'm going fantastic. Thanks for uh, having me, Matt. It's great to be be talking to you. Now, I'd like to find out a little bit about our guests before we get into. Uh, we'll be talking about Cambodia. We're talking about your uh, your songwriting career and uh, the West Coast Eagles as well. But before we do that, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, you, you mentioned to me you were brought up in a in a Christian home. Uh, but at the age of 16, uh, you really stepped out and made a commitment to Christ. Tell us how that happened. Yeah, I was raised on a farm, farm boy, and uh, brought up kind of in a, in a small country town, Baptist Church, and um, trying to do the rebel thing for a little bit at school. And But then when I was 16, I went to a Baptist youth camp and, and made a decision. I actually started reading the Bible from when I was 12, so I'd read it through a couple of times, cover to cover. So when I made a decision at 16, I kind of knew what I was getting in for. I'd read the read the fine print and I knew it was uh, you know giving God pretty much everything so I've been on that journey ever since and was it a big lifestyle change like did people notice the change in your life oh not so much at that point in terms of lifestyle because I was still pretty young but I certainly had a big impact on me and and in terms of my future and thinking what am I going to do with my life yeah and then what did you do for work after school? What, what kind of career prospects did you have? Well, initially me and a mate wanted to jump in our ute and um, grab our guitars and travel around Australia preaching the gospel. And um, we got advised not to, so I became a, uh, a plant mechanic for 10 years. I worked for John Deere for five years and, and Caterpillar in the city in the mining industry for another five. And then when I was um, 25 or 6, I had my first son and and um, Jesse, and that was when God really challenged me to step out and trust him with everything. So I went to Bible college for three years, and that was how I, I ended up on staff at Riverview. Now, I've been a, uh, a big fan of Phil Baker's for years. For those who don't know Phil, he's, um, you know, one of the uh, the best preachers and teachers around Australia and uh, does a lot of business breakfast around the country uh, that, that I used to be a part of. Uh, but Phil had... Um, uh, some horrible news last year, and uh, uh, I understand he's on the recovery trail, but tell us a little bit about what happened to Phil Phil Baker. Yeah, Phil, like you say, fantastic man of God, and probably in, in my journey, one of the biggest influences in terms of believing in me and, and um, at Riverview. But uh, yeah, probably over, well, 18 months ago now, he uh, had a, um, a tumour on his brain, and uh, they did an operation to get it out. They got it out, but in the post-op, he had a bleed, which caused a stroke. And um, did some uh, kind of major brain damage, which honestly he was that close to dying. And since then, he's been on a long road to recovery of uh, just his brain kicking back into gear and and, and all the therapy and, and things that are required for that. And he's improving all the time, but he's still a long way from uh, where he was a number of years ago. 
And I understand he's back at the church, uh, not preaching, but still just attending and uh, a part of the body there. Yeah, he's part of the community and a lot of the blokes are getting around Phil and, and helping Heather, his wife, with some of the therapy at the moment and uh, just encouraging him and just keep believing that at the end, of the end of this there'll be a fantastic story to tell. Good to hear. Now, um, our mutual friend uh, Ben Hughes was also on staff with you there at uh, Riverview and uh, he's a, a singer-songwriter like yourself. Uh, and uh, tell me a little bit about, um, he, he's mentioned to me a little bit about, uh, you know, you, you've uh, sung on a lot of the albums that the church has put out. Tell us about your musical career. How did that all start? Yeah, that's kind of, uh, I, I started out as a young boy, taught myself to play guitar and, and at that time started songwriting and just being a small country town boy, I've kind of never thought I was much good at it, but I ended up getting on, on the team and uh, began writing songs for this, this large church in the city. And before I knew it, we were recording those songs for our, our TV show for Church Live, which goes around the globe, and, and um, wrote on, you know, five or six church albums and, and then did, did an EP in 2000 of my own stuff. And then I did an album in 2007 called Pictures Not Taken which I um, kind of had a bit of success with locally. And, yeah, so I've been kind of singer-songwriting for a number of years now. Okay, and then tell me about the transition from uh, working for a, a large church to uh, being a chaplain for a West Coast Eagles footy team. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I spoke to the players when I took on the role, I said, this, you know, there's two things I really like in life. I like music and I've always liked footy. Um, AFL footy, but my, my obvious loves and passions are God and people. And so it's kind of a strange mix, but for a short season there, I was the, the worship pastor at this large church, and, and during the week I was heading down to training and uh, kicking a few balls around and hanging out with the players. And then mid-last year, really felt like uh, my wife and I put a lot of prayer into it and felt like God was just calling us to step towards the footy club a bit more, make myself available. It's a voluntary role that I've involved there and uh, go to training, hang out with the players and just, just a presence in their lives, encouraging them and uh, just just been loving it actually. Lost a bit of weight because I'm a bit fitter than I was being a pastor, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, obviously uh, footy players don't have the best reputation <laughs> when it comes to, uh, you know, alcohol and clubs and pubs, all the stuff we see on the news. Uh, tell me, uh, have you had to... Um, uh, you know, kind of be a big brother to some of the guys and, and help them out when, when they're going through some tough times? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, essentially, if you know some of the story with West Coast Eagles and some of the dramas they faced in 2006 with Ben Cousins and, and a bit of the drug scandal and, and that, and, and I think part of my role is, is has been to be present around the club. But to be honest, I've been really, really pleasantly surprised by just the calibre of young men that we've got involved and and. I've been, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a lot more of that. But to be honest, I think what happens, a negative story just seems to spread like wildfire when 99% of the boys are just good lads who are, you know, they enjoy playing footy and if they take a step wrong, they seem to get slaughtered in the media. Whereas for, for what I'm seeing, the majority of them are just trying to have a, have a crack at doing something they really love. So I'm just there to support them, encouraging that and trying to keep it positive, you know. Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that. You know, um, I've heard a good news story recently from um, my preferred football code, <laughs> Rugby yeah. League. <laughs> yeah, they throw the ball, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, you know, uh, Ben Houston, the, the son of Brian Houston from Hillsong Church. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah met Ben, yeah. He's a chaplain, you know, for um, the Parramatta Eels, and uh, I actually follow him and Jared Hayne on Twitter. 
And yeah. uh, I see their discussions they have. They're always posting scriptures and inspirational quotes. And, you know, to see Jared Haynes' life turn around uh, through yeah. the, you know, help of his chaplain and, through, you know, through the church and everything, um, isn't it great to see that a chaplain can really have that impact on someone's life? Yeah, well, I think I've been really just just overwhelmed by the positivity, the players' openness to me, that, and even more so that the just the club network. I mean, it it's a fantastic environment. Obviously, it's elite sport, so the motivation is is, is performance and winning, and and that. So it's you know there's, there's a high expectation, but I mean I think that's the thing that people kind of miss that these boys they have a unique privilege, and there is a responsibility with that. But there's also unique pressures that go with that role you know they start out as young guys kicking a ball around enjoying footy and next thing you know from the moment they get drafted they're thrust into this limelight of, of having to be a role model for, for the rest of society and I, I think just uh, having support around them in that transition and encouraging them to actually leverage that that position to as currency and in, in the community they realize they can actually be uh, just great examples and great role models if they choose to step into that, you know. Now, when I first uh, heard about you a few weeks ago, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, this friend of mine, Ben, mentioned to me that uh, you'd been over to Cambodia and uh, as soon as anyone mentions Cambodia, my heart breaks because, you know, I've been there twice yeah. in the last year and uh, you see the poverty there, you see the, the needs there uh, and uh, it's amazing the number of Aussies that are going over um, helping out uh, the poor in Cambodia. I saw, so I saw your uh, your YouTube clip, it was posted on Facebook, I saw it on YouTube and, and, and had a look there and uh, it was great to see, uh, uh, you know, you took some of the team members over there. Tell us how that happened. Well, what happened, it was actually initiated by the club. Like you say, there's a, there's a lot of opportunity for, uh, for the Westerners to invest and, um, and give, because Cambodia obviously got pretty smashed in the genocide in the 70s, and so the doors are pretty open. And so part of what we do with our, uh, our players is an induction program when they come into the club where we um, kind of get them into the culture and, and, and try and... and you know, build men, young men of calibre. And so part of that program, the second year of that, was to uh, take them into an into a environment that's outside their comfort zone and get them to begin to see and think of people that are in different circumstances to themselves. So we had a, uh, 12 players and, a, and an entourage of some media and coaches and different people head to Cambodia and, and, and for a week. And uh, we got to obviously hear the story regarding the, the killing fields and the Pol Pot regime, the Khmer Rouge, you know, the communist thing that kind of smashed the country. And then, which really stirred the boys up, and, but then the next day we're involved with an organisation called Tabitha that builds homes for the, for the underprivileged. So we travelled out to a very remote province where uh, some of the poorest of the poor live and they, their houses are flooded every year and we were able to assemble these houses that were half assembled but we actually, these houses are worth $1,500 and uh, the people save for three or four years to get a $20, $25 deposit and we pay the rest of the money and then we come in and we put the floors in, we put the walls on, and, and it's just a great partnership. We get to hear the story of Cambodia. We get to help make a, a practical difference right there on the ground. And it was just a hugely impacting thing for the, for the boys and also, also myself being my first time to Cambodia. And, uh, and tell me, did it change you much after your first trip to Cambodia? Oh, yeah, I was deeply impacted. I remember the, my last night there, I was in my hotel room going, just stirred up going, where's my guitar? This, I just Because that's how I express my emotion as a songwriter. And I'm thinking there was something brewing. I just 
had seen things that I guess you don't see in the Western world and you just, so much of our privilege we take for granted and just how blessed we really are. And it's not until you're thrust into an environment where they are living it every day that you go, my goodness, I can't believe that we whinge and complain, you know. And, and certainly the, the same impact on the players, you know. A bad day's training at, uh, in the AFL is, is certainly better than anything than a lot of what those people put up with day to day, you know. And so tell us about the song. Like, I, I saw it on, on, on YouTube. What's the, what's the song all about? So I came back a couple of days after I got back. I sat down on my guitar, and it was one of those tunes that fell out in half an hour. And I just sent the lyrics to the, to the guy, um, Pete Worsfold. He's the brother of the coach, and he's involved in the leadership development there. And I said, hey, man, I was so inspired. Just wrote this song and sent him the lyrics. And before I knew it, he'd forwarded them around the club, and it just kind of snowballed from there. So I got the guy who produced my last album, Chad Blondell. We, we sat down and worked on it. And, and just, you know, brought it to a level. And, and as I was doing it, I texted some of the players and kind of wrote it in a way that I thought maybe they could join in at the end. And a few of the players came in, Nick Natanui, um, Brad, Brad Shepard, Jerick Weed, and Kobe Stevens. They came in the studio. We, we tracked the chorus together and gave to the club. And then they brought the media in and they recorded it. And before we knew it, you know, Today Tonight had picked it up and some of the local stations in it. It just escalated because it was... It's just a good story, you know, and and my hope is that that more of these good stories of these young men can get out, and we can we can make a positive impact on the lives of young people. Mate, it's inspiring to hear how um, you're using your talents to uh, help a place like Cambodia out. Uh, now, um, we've got to wrap up in a moment, but um, I just want to backtrack a little bit there. I always like to um, finish the show asking uh, our guests about the gospel. Now, you heard the gospel when you were 16 and you responded to it. You'd obviously read the Bible, you knew a bit about it, but for those that are listening now that are thinking, you know what, this guy's got a, a fire in his belly, he's got a passion in his life, and it's obviously from God. Uh, if people want to connect with God, if they want to respond to the gospel, would you just share what is the gospel and how would people respond to it? Oh, I, I think the gospel is the greatest news. Without, It's a cliche, but... Somehow, as a, even as a church, we've managed to, you know, people outside the church still think that there are rules and regulations and things we have to do in order to get close to God. And yet the, the thing about the gospel is it's the good news, it's already been done, that, that through Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection, God can look at mankind and accept relationship and be in relationship. And so just trying to... For me, being in the world, just trying to change the mindset that God is not angry, God is not judging them, God has dealt with that judgment and anger with his son, and now the, the freedom to have life on this earth and life eternal is there for everybody if they just accept through faith what Christ has done. And, and it's just the, the simplicity of saying, this is the good news, it has already happened, you just, just accept it. And uh, sometimes it, it's harder to get across than it sounds because uh, we, we don't always model that with our lives. We kind of live this, we get trapped up in religion thinking we have to behave and live certain ways and yet the good news is Jesus has done it all. Now, if people want to find out uh, more, uh, what is the best way for them to contact you? Is there a website they can go to? Uh, yeah, just um, get on the, Eagles, on the Eagles website and, and uh, there's contact details there and contact the club. Um, like I say, check out our YouTube um, but, but if I really, you know, 
the great thing with this song we've recorded is all the proceeds are going to Tabitha Foundation because our, um, our hope is to build a school over there. And it's not a lot of money. It's only 50 grand to build a six-classroom six school. But if we can get this song out there, download it on iTunes, Paul Morrison picking up the pieces. Um, you can order the CD if you want it. We've got a CD available through the team store for $5. It's got three songs, a couple off my last album, and, and it's an enhanced disc, so it's got the story of Cambodia and our trip. And we're just trying to sell as many as we can around the club and around Perth and just just sell the story of Cambodia and, and the good news of what these players are doing. And, and I you know, appreciate any support anyone can give us. It would be great. Well, mate. Paul Morrison, thanks for joining us. I reckon you're a history maker. Mate, uh, <laughs> and now's our time, mate. We've got to step up and have a crack, don't we? <laughs> thanks, mate. I'll see you later. Bless you, mate. Thanks, bye. Bye. If you'd like to download this interview, just go to www.historymakersradio.com. And also, you can make a donation if you'd like. I'm Matt Prater. Have a great week. History Makers.